Dear friends in Christ, during June, we're taking a tour through the book of Galatians. You know, when you think about touring a city or a country, you think about kind of surveying the most important things that that city or country is all about. Well, we want to do the same this month with this book of Galatians. We want to hit the high points, the most important things that, that make it one of the most important and powerful books in the New Testament that help us really understand what our Christian faith is all about. Chapter 2 that we'll be talking about today focuses on the most important theme in the whole book, that because of Christ's work on the cross, we can be justified by faith. This was Paul's battle cry. You know, when you think about all the wars in American history, each war had a, had a rallying cry or a battle cry, a cry that kind of united the troops and reminded them of the importance of what they were doing and why they were doing it. Well, Paul is in the midst of a battle, as we read in this book, and, and he was confronting those who were trying to pollute the faith. And he needed to shout out the truth. And so he used a strong language, as we heard about last week in the first chapter. We remember that Paul was writing to these churches, this group of churches in the province of Galatia, which today is in the middle part of Turkey. There was confusion in these churches that he had founded years before. There was confusion about how a person came into a right relationship with God. How a person could be saved, could be justified, could be made right with God. That's pretty important stuff. There were false teachers known as the Judaizers who had infiltrated the church and were teaching a false doctrine. They taught that a person would come into a right relationship with God if they received Jesus as their Lord and Savior, plus they needed to be circumcised and abide by certain Jewish dietary regulations. In other words, a person was justified by observing the law. I heard recently a story about uh, Charlie Chapman, who was one of the movie stars of the silent picture era, of course, and one of the results of his popularity during that time was there, there were a lot of look-alike contests that sprung up around the country, contests to see who could look as much as possible like Charlie Chapman. Contestants attempted to imitate him dressed as the tramp character that was so popular in his films. Well, one week when Chaplin was on vacation, he heard about a look-alike contest in that particular city, and so he signed up himself. And amazingly, he lost. <laughs> he didn't even make the finals. Well, they didn't recognize, of course, the real thing when they had him right in front of their eyes. Well, in a similar way, sometimes we don't recognize the truth of God. We are confused 
by other beliefs, just like those people in that look-alike contest were confused by the other look-alikes. This happens, of course, when we don't know the truth as deeply as we should. When we don't know Jesus, our Lord and Savior, as deeply as we should. We can get carried away by look-alikes and people that talk good but may not exhibit the truth. Peter got confused, too, about about uh, what salvation was all about by listening to other voices himself, these Jews who wanted to add works to what it took to be saved. And Paul, in our text today, tells us that he had to publicly confront and rebuke even the Apostle Peter. The portion of Scripture that we have before us was likely this talk between Paul and Peter concerning how a condemned sinner can be justified? That's an important question. And Paul's answer to that critical question is in the first verse of our lesson today. Paul says, We know that a man is not justified by observing the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. Paul's words take the form of kind of a contrast then between justification by observing the law or justification by faith. Those are the two contrasts. And he wanted to remind not only Peter, but everyone in those churches of what was the truth. A Judaizer, standing up in the middle of these Galatian churches, might have said something like this. Brothers and sisters, the only way to be justified is by believing in Jesus Christ and also by sheer hard work. You really have to work at it to be saved. You have to observe the law. That is, you must do everything the law commands and refrain from everything the law forbids. In addition to the moral law, the Ten Commandments, there are ceremonial laws that you also need to obey and observe. You must be circumcised. You must join the Jewish church. You must pray. You must fast. You must give alms, and the list goes on and on. And if you do all these things and do not fail in any way, then you will make the grade. God will accept you and you will be justified and you will be saved by observing all these laws. Now that's what they were saying in these New Testament churches. You know, this theology, this teaching is as old as man himself and as new as today. For if you ask the average person on the street how a person is saved, more than likely they'll they'll say, well, if they're good enough. In fact, it's the fundamental principle of every religious and moral system in the world except biblical Christianity. Last fall, the men of Emmanuel that meet every Saturday morning, for three months we studied all the most important religious bodies of the world. And we came to that conclusion that every single one of them, except Christianity, was built on the premise that they needed to to get uh, in favor with God and they needed to do this or this or this to be saved. This false notion is the most widely spread lie 
perpetrated in our world by the father of lies, Satan himself. No one ever has or no one ever will be justified by observing the law. Because no one ever kept the law perfectly, and so we cannot be justified because we're not perfect. Only Jesus fulfilled the law in a perfect way. Paul calls this second alternative justification by faith alone. And Eva read about that in our first lesson today when when Paul says, My goal is to gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through Jesus Christ. You see, on the cross, Jesus died for our law-breaking. And since the penalty of breaking the law and even disobeying God one time is death, it's pretty serious business. All that is required, according to Paul then, through this theology of justification by faith, is that we confess our sins, acknowledge our helplessness before God, repent of the years that we tried to justify ourselves and put our whole trust and confidence in Jesus Christ. When we talk about this concept in confirmation every year, what I do is is share an illustration about a king who made a declaration one day that anyone who was caught hunting in the royal woods would be put to death. Well, the next week, his soldiers came to him and said, we have found someone who was hunting in your woods, king, trying to kill deer. What should we do? And the king said, bring him before me. And when the soldiers did, he looked down from his throne, and there was his son. And the king said, for sure my son can hunt in the royal woods. But the soldiers said, no, King, you said anyone caught hunting in your woods would be killed, and what you say has to be delivered. The king had no choice. What would he do? He didn't want his son to be killed. So he stood up and took off his royal robe, and he came down and he stood by his son, and he said to his son, Son, you are free. I will take the penalty for you. And he was killed. God declares us guilt-free because the penalty of sin had to be paid for, but he became our substitute when his son Jesus died on the cross. He is that substitute for our sin. When, When he died on the cross... Our sins were put upon him, and his righteousness was put upon us. It's called the great exchange, or the great substitution. Our old sinful selves, Paul says in Romans, were crucified with Christ, so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin, he says. I am crucified with Christ. In other words, dead to my old way of living. 
However, all of us still have bad hearts, not in a physical sense, but a spiritual sense. We all have a sinful nature, even though we have come to Christ and received his forgiveness that he won for us on the cross, we have an ongoing sinful nature. Not only does God take care of our sins, but he actually wants to transform our hearts. A person who is justified by faith in Jesus Christ is never the same person again. He has changed. He is not merely standing before God with his sins forgiven, but he is a radically different person. He has become a new creation. He has begun a new life. That's God's desire for all of us, you see, to have our lives transformed because of what he did for us on the cross. Not just accept it as something we believe, but something that affects our everyday life. Living in us, Christ gives us a new desire then to be godly, to be pure, to be righteous, not in our own strength, but by the power of the Holy Spirit. It is not that we cannot sin again. We can. But we don't want to sin. The whole tenure of our life has changed. Because we're so thankful for what Christ did, we don't want to disappoint him by rubbing that action in his face. Everything is different now because we ourselves are different. For as Paul puts it, Christ lives in me. And that changes everything. The Christian gospel is the gospel of grace. So if anyone insists that justification is by works and that we can earn our salvation by our own efforts, he is really undermining the foundation of our Christian religion. He is nullifying, you see, the grace of God. Because if salvation is received by observing only the law, then Christ's work on the cross didn't mean anything. If salvation is by our own work, then Christ's work on the cross was unnecessary. Martin Luther, the great reformer, called the doctrine of justification by faith alone the article of the standing or the falling of the church. What Luther meant by that is that the doctrine of justification is so central to the life and vitality of the church that by this doctrine in the center of our church will determine whether it rises or falls. If it isn't the center, it'll fall. Paul calls the believers in Galatia and we today, away from that temptation that says we can justify ourselves if we work hard enough at it, may we daily thank Jesus for being our substitute on the cross. And may we say with Paul, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. May justification in Christ alone be our battle cry as well. Let's pray. Oh Lord, sometimes we don't think of how critical and how crucial these basic tenets of our faith are. And we thank you for this book of Galatians that sets out these 
these basic beliefs in a powerful way through the words of Paul. Oh Lord, we thank you today for your work on the cross. We thank you that we don't have to earn our salvation through hard work and good works, but through belief in what you have done for us on the cross. Oh Lord, help us always to have a thankful heart for what you did with your sacrifice there on Calvary. We thank you for that exchange that took place, that our sins came upon you and your righteousness came upon us. And so now we can live differently. We can be changed people knowing that we are freed from the burden and guilt of those sins. Thank you for what you did and what you continue to do to change us through and through. Thank you, Lord, in your name. Amen.